So good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Environmental Social Justice. Today, we have a special guest, a good friend of mine, Bill Zobel. He is with Iwatani. They are a multinational conglomerate in agriculture and energy products. So welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you so much for making the time because I know you're incredibly busy. Thank you. Very nice to be here. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. And one of the things that you and I first met and discussed was we talked mm -hmm. hydrogen. And we know that hydrogen is getting a lot of hype nowadays, especially with our new infrastructure bill. There is a lot of development going on with hydrogen. I am personally a fan because I honestly believe in energy diversification. So please tell us what you're working on and you know any good news you might have. Sure, sure. No, and you're exactly right. Boy, hydrogen has got a tremendous amount of focus uh, from policymakers and, and folks in the energy space that are looking to decarbonize our energy economy across not only here in the US, but globally. So tremendous amount of investment being put into the hydrogen space and a lot of uh, development going on and a lot of innovation taking place that's bringing down costs and creating additional opportunities for everyone. So very excited to be active in the space. Iwatani, the company I work for, um, has, a, has a hydrogen business in Japan. They are the largest producer of hydrogen and seller of retail hydrogen fuel. They've got 50 retail hydrogen fuel stations in the country of Japan, and they are bringing that here. Uh, with a focus on delivering renewable hydrogen into the California marketplace. And we're looking to build out our California hydrogen network for light and heavy duty vehicles, and then expand it beyond the borders of California to the Western U.S., and then more broadly to the U.S. as the market continues to grow. So as you touched on, right, the federal infrastructure bill um, has provided some incentives for hydrogen. There's the Build Back Better bill that's on the agenda right now in the Senate uh, that has some additional incentives for hydrogen. California has some incentives for hydrogen, as do other states throughout the country, just a tremendous amount of focus around the technology. And what we're seeing is that the investment that's being poured into the space is, is stirring a lot of innovation. And we're seeing costs of the fuel that has been traditionally high over time start to come down quite quickly. Now, we saw this before, once before in the wind and solar business back 15 years ago, yep. when the government said, okay, we're gonna start investing in wind and solar as a country that we wanna move in the direction of renewable energy. We're going to start creating policies for development and innovation and look where we are now right wind and solar is cheaper than gas-fired power plants uh it's being developed across the country in a variety of different areas uh, and we're seeing now the same kind of thing starts to take place with hydrogen where we're seeing a lot of interest we're seeing a lot of of government and policy intervention to help stir innovation bring down costs and i think you're going to see that same trajectory for costs and consumer uptake uh take place over time you know i love the fact you mentioned the infrastructure bill um and bringing up, you know, wind and solar 15 years ago, we didn't have a lot of fueling mm -hmm. stations for, you know, electric cars. It was a little hard. Joy was one of the pioneers to have a Tesla. So I'm sure mm -hmm. she had her struggles with finding a proper place to charge in the beginning. But, um, you know, I learned a lot. There's a documentary that I like called At War with the Dinosaurs. And it talked about our infrastructure and how we didn't put a lot of federal funding behind hydrogen. We put it all behind electric wind solar, which is fantastic. I love it. But we just need more options. We need, you know, energy diversification, especially with long haul transport. The storage of hydrogen is very capable, whereas battery storage isn't quite there yet. So, you know, where do you see with like infrastructure build out, especially in California, because we are all in California, so I'm a little biased. And I know that people do have some trouble fueling up their hydrogen cars because there are not too many places to do it just yet. I know yeah, I mean, in, in LA County, there's, uh, and that's all of LA County. There's eight fueling stations. Uh, <laughs> one is near the airport. Uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you where 
the other ones are. But that that's definitely uh, infrastructure is definitely something we need to uh, work on, whether it's electric or hydrogen, in order to get get this momentum going. Absolutely. Yeah. Right to get to where we need to be. Right. I mean, we need to clean up the air. We need to yeah. reduce our carbon footprint as a society, and hydrogen is a great way to do that. And starting with the transportation sector, which has a tremendous impact on air pollution and a tremendous impact on the carbon footprint, in particular of the state, but of the country and the world, is going to be an important place for us to start. And you're exactly right. There just there is not enough hydrogen infrastructure out there today. Um, we've got eight stations in the process of being built right now, uh, eight new okay. stations, in addition to the four that we already have up and running in the state of California, with the goal of going to 50. So we've got plans, you know, to expand this network um, of hydrogen stations, as do other folks in our field. It's not just us. There are a couple other companies that are also building out hydrogen infrastructure. The state has a goal of 200, building 200 yeah. hydrogen refueling stations in, in California. Uh, that goal is woefully inadequate, I think, to, you know, provide enough infrastructure for people to feel comfortable moving into a hydrogen format, right? I mean, you get it's a goal for 250,000 charging points for electric vehicles and 200 refueling stations that this is this is not, you know, one solution is not going to service everybody's needs as you've touched on, Wendy. It's an all the above approach. Yes. Um, electric vehicles work very well for a lot of people. They don't work for everybody. Uh, and I very think as you as I think as you see, you know, the cost of hydrogen come down, the cost of electricity is going to go up with all the things we're trying to do in the power markets, right? We're trying to decarbonize the power markets to 100% renewable by 2045. We're at about 35 to 40% of that right now. Um, the cost of that power is going to, going to go up. And what we're seeing, as I touched on earlier in the hydrogen space, is the cost of hydrogen with all this innovation and new, new process technology that's coming to the fore is going to come down. So you're going to see those two intersect at some point. Where that is, you know, nobody can really predict for sure. But Certainly the cost of hydrogen is on the decline and the cost yes. of electricity is on the incline. So I think you'll see more people start to look at hydrogen as a serious solution for decarbonizing their transport, their transportation needs, whether it's personal transportation needs or whether it's commercial transportation needs. You touched a bit on storage. Just I want to let me touch on that real yeah. quick. Um, storage is an important aspect of hydrogen, right? You can store hydrogen in perpetuity and never lose any of it. It'll have the same energy content. It has uh 10 years from now as it has today when you put it into storage whereas we all know with our phone batteries right i've got a phone that boy that thing worked great for about a day and a half when i bought it now <laughs> it's if i don't charge it after 10 hours it's, it's just not gonna it's not gonna make it right yeah and so batteries better just degrade over time they self-discharge which is another issue not that they're not a great solution i mean their batteries are a great solution for short-term energy storage as an electron what hydrogen enables is the storage of energy as a molecule. And you can store that molecule for much longer periods of time. It's fairly easy to transport from one location to another. So it's just a matter of, you know, how you store that energy and where you're able to deliver it and the cost at which you're able to produce it for. When you talked about transportation, and it's not just personal vehicle or commercial vehicles, do you see potential in airline, rail, you know, commuters, you know, large commuter transportation opportunities because I think it I think for the long haul it would work quite well but that's just me guessing I'm not an expert in this yeah no I think you're right and we're, we're actually looking at several what I call off-road applications which include aviation marine rail uh, just to mention a few uh, all, all those all those opportunities I think uh, provide high high volume fuel consumption which is good for a new type of technology Basically, you spread out your fixed costs over a larger volume of fuel, so it enables that market to move forward more quickly. 
Um, the fuel cell technology that's used to actually power those devices, whether it's on-road or off-road, is still electric, right? I mean, yeah. it's an electric drivetrain. You're just using a different source of energy to propel the the uh, uh, electricity. You're either to pel propel the electric motor. You're either using hydrogen that you convert to electricity with the fuel cell or you're using electricity stored directly in a battery. And what we found is that it's you can store a lot more hydrogen on board yeah. some of these heavy-duty off-road vehicles and run those vehicles throughout the duty cycle for a much longer period of time. Commercially, they make a lot more sense. Would it make, would it be fair to say that um, with the storage aspect, you know, lithium-ion battery versus hydrogen, is it a lighter weight component? Because lithium-ion batteries can be very, yeah, they can be very heavy. And that does yeah. add to weight, that does add to the excess energy needed to propel something either off the ground or move it forward. Um, that being said, I've talked to many, many people about, you know, the benefits of hydrogen. And some people simply dismiss it. They say, no, it's not going to ever work. It'll never take off. It's not viable. It's not efficient. Um, again, I'm not an expert. You are. Um, what would, you know, any comments on that? You know, how, would, how is it viable or, you know, will it become more efficient? Uh, the short answer is yes. Is yeah. re read, the, read the newspaper, right? It's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, this, is, this, is, this is happening, right? It's not another, you know, uh, George W. Bush era program where it kind of got started and then it sort of fizzled out. I mean, the yeah. time for the time for hydrogen is now. We're starting to recognize that battery electric, battery electric cars, battery electric storage, you know, the electrification of absolutely everything everywhere is probably not going to be the right solution for our society to decarbonize, and we're going to have to integrate hydrogen into that. Hydrogen okay. is the most is the most common element in the universe. We will yeah. never we will never run out of it. So it's just a matter of capturing that. At a, at a price point that's reasonable and can be put into society, it, you know, that's comparable to something else. It's, it can be exceptionally clean. I think what you're seeing with with some of the folks that, uh, the haters, if you will, I'll to work off your title here for the program, <laughs> but the folks that don't like hydrogen are looking at the hydrogen that's being produced by the oil refineries today, right? Yeah. This is gray hydrogen produced from natural gas or hydrogen that's produced from coal. Um, yeah, we make hydrogen that way today, right? And we make a lot of it that way today. And it's used in a lot of industrial processes very successfully and at a very low cost because these methods of production have become very cost competitive over time. Yeah. The direction we want to head in is we want to produce our hydrogen from sustainable, renewable resources, right? With a very low carbon footprint, whether it be through uh, renewable electricity, producing hydrogen through electrolysis, whether it be through using uh, sustainable uh, waste resources like clippings from the forest or lawn and garden waste or municipal trash to produce hydrogen using a gasification pyrolysis process that has no emissions associated with it and very low carbon content. You can produce hydrogen in a variety of different ways from organic material. That's where the industry is headed. That's where the innovation is taking place. And the price of that product, I think, is going to displace a lot of other uses long term and provide a very low cost, very sustainable, low carbon hydrogen for, uh, for our economy going forward. So the folks that are kind of fixated on, you know, using fossil fuels to produce hydrogen. Yeah, that's kind of what we do today, just because it's what's available. But yeah. over time, this market is going to transition. And let's draw an analogy to the power sector, right? The power sector right now is about 35 to 40 percent renewable. It's not 100 percent renewable. We still produce a lot of electricity from natural gas and from coal yeah. because it's cheap and it's available. Right. And we, yeah. we can we can access that very inexpensively for our grid. Um, it didn't start that way, right? 15 years ago, when we struck the deal to remove the state's power grid from whatever carbon content it was then to zero by 2045, we set a path, we set a target, a glide path for us to get from where we were to where we have to be. Hydrogen should be exactly the same way. 
right? Let's say, okay, yes. here's here's where we can integrate hydrogen into the economy, and here's the carbon content of that particular market segment, whether it's transportation or whether it's the power sector or whether it's decarbonizing the, the gas utility grids. And let's set a target for where we want that to be long-term. So let's go from where we are to where we want to be over long-term, set those goals and start moving in that direction. Absolutely. Nothing happens overnight. Joel, you had a question? I do. So actually, I want to talk. go back to the infrastructure a little yeah. bit and all this kind of stuff. And so bear with me because I'm going to be the one who's going to throw some wrenches at you. Um, so obviously, <laughs> we have a very antiquated power grid system nationwide that we that needs serious funding to get this up and running. So how how do we, in your opinion, do you are you able to fund this electric power grid that we need to seriously overhaul nationwide, as well as taking the funds to do this? I mean, so it seems like what's the long term infrastructure for hydrogen to make sure it doesn't become an antiquated system as well. So if these things are all happening at the same time, how do we pay for it? Because our power grid is in bad shape. And yeah. we all see from fires everywhere. It needs to be completely overhauled. I shouldn't say that because I'm not an expert on this, but that's my opinion. So how do we how do we pay for it all? Yeah. That's the part that I don't see how we how that can happen. Uh, well, you touch on two issues there, right? What one is the resiliency and reliability of the grid that needs to be overhauled, right? That's right. kind of step one. Uh, electricity is like oxygen. You don't know how much you miss it until you don't have it, right? It's it's very, very important. Um the second piece of that is, okay, so if we're going to go from where we are today, not only from a reliability standpoint, but from a decarbonization standpoint for the grid, who pays for that, right? Traditionally, right, the electric markets um, are regulated, right? And there are utility commissions across the country that regulate these pockets, if you will, these ISOs, uh, and set the rules and decide who pays for what. They set those in rates, whether it be commercial rates or residential rates, but it's all directed by effectively the government that sets the prices for taking that grid from where it is today to where they want that grid to be tomorrow, whether it be in the context of decarbonization or in the context of reliability. On the hydrogen side, that's gonna be driven by the private sector. We're not looking for government to subsidize this market. We're looking for the private sector to come in and make investments where they can make returns on those investments, good solid returns, and help us decarbonize transportation, help us decarbonize the grid to the degree we need to, in particular with storage for the electricity grid, where it can provide long-term, long-duration energy storage for the grid and potentially to help us decarbonize the, the country's natural gas pipelines with a synthetic methane product that can help retain the assets that we have in the natural gas system and people's ability to use renewable natural gas as opposed to fossil natural gas. So how does that tie into the Build Back Better Act that was brought up for infrastructure and all that? How do those, if it's gonna be a private sector that's paying for this, how do, why does the Build Back Better have anything to do with it? Right. So, well, what the Build Back Better does is it sends the right signal and provides incentives to kickstart the market. Okay. And that and that's important. So let's talk. About the, I think one of the most important provisions of this bill is the the tax credits that are going to come out for production. So there's a pretty sizable tax credit on a per kilogram basis for production of hydrogen, green, clean hydrogen, right, throughout the U.S. That's that's important to investors, right? There's currently a gap between you know, what's economically viable and what the market's willing to pay for. And the government's looking to close that gap in the short term, like they did for wind and solar, to help facilitate innovation in that market and bring down the cost of that product so they can step away. And that's the idea. We want to be able to step, have government step away from the market and have private industry take it over so they can compete head to head, right? And when there's competition, there's competition on price point, there's competition on customers, and there's competition around innovation all of which drive better products for the consumers. We've all seen that in our society with you know, cell phones and cars and everything else that 
is controlled by the private markets. And we would like to see that same type of innovation take place in the hydrogen sector across the economy in a variety of different a variety of different ways. And I would imagine that one of the biggest fears that people have right now, so when we, we'll go back to just the electric car, we're just going to talk strictly about cars here. So okay. when you look like the electric car charging, you try to find one, good luck finding one that works. I think that's one of the biggest issues that we've got right now. So how we want people to transfer over to a clean energy system, but yet we're seeing the system is not in place to work for people. So how can we introduce another system into that and just say, hey, we're going to give you another option, but the other ones aren't working. So go ahead, but trust us on this third one. Like that's a good question. That's, that's a good question. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I have the answer I to that. Well, I think it's growing pains as with anything. But I think, you know, but the electric car chargings have been around for a while now. And so if you go try to find some of these ones that are in like parking lots, a lot of times they don't work. They're not maintained. You go to gas stations. Or you have to be part of their membership, like link as opposed to somewhere else. And you've got all of these membership fees. It's like having, you know. Well, that's a good question, Joy. Um, Bill, Joy, that's a really good question. Bill, with the hydrogen refueling, is it one universal pump like a gas station? Or is it going to be like electric where you have several different plugs depending on your car yeah that, I, i'm really surprised the electric market hasn't come around to a standardized plug yet that the hydrogen yeah. market has one standardized fueling protocol that's been Thank developed God. by all the car manufacturers have coalesced around okay this this is the fueling fueling protocol this is the nozzle everybody uses the same thing so no matter what station you go to it's it's the same you don't have different plugs if you will Thank um, God. i mean to to address to address the question of reliability i mean that that really comes from competition now where i'm just going to step back here and talk a little bit about the electric sector i, I worked for one of the big electric utilities and helped put in some of those systems for a while um when you have big electric utilities installing this infrastructure and we've kind of moved away from that a little bit all all, all they're really incentivized to do is put it in right and then they get rate based on what they put in that's that's it they don't really have there's no criteria around that it has to work it just all they have to do is put it in so the way that market has has evolved is the folks like ChargePoint and Tesla and others have stepped in and say, okay, we'll we'll put the charger in. You run the power lines, utility run the power lines to the charger. So now the operation and maintenance of those facilities have shifted over to the private sector, if you will. And I expect over time that will get better because now the private sector is competing for customers, right? I, I you know, you just you got to hope the private market does what it's supposed to do, right? And there is a lot of investment. Private equities are really going after hydrogen and infrastructure because there, there's return on investment there. But that's the other question. So when we start talking about how to make money, I know a lot of like, you know, your average gas station or something, they're not going to install electric chargers because there is no return on, there is no money to be made because right. you just don't make it. Is there money to be made on hydrogen? If it is this abundant natural thing that's got this lower cost, are people to act, like, is your, is your John Smith who owns his gas station franchise, so he's got to pay all of his fees for this, is he able to make money on that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Matter of fact, we're paying John Smith today to put a refueling center in John Smith's retail station. Okay. Uh, and John's right. making John's making a guaranteed, guaranteed return every month on that investment at his site. So, uh, you know, the question is, and we use, we use government programs today to help, you know, help us get the return we need to put that investment in place we need to get away from that we need to get away from any government support at all yeah. so the air the air resources board has suggested that look and this is the california resources board with another 300 million dollars in state investment the light duty hydrogen market will be able to stand on its own no longer needs any investment from the government and i believe that number i think that will right. actually work 
right? And the reason for that is the production and distribution and retailing of hydrogen is much like the petroleum industry today. It's a centralized production source, renewable, right? At best case. And then you take and you distribute that fuel from the centralized production source to the retail station where you put it into a tank. It sits there until somebody comes into the refueling center, moves in three to five minutes, their vehicle's fueled up and off they go. It's just like the refueling model we have today for petroleum that we're trying to move away from. So it does a couple of things, right? It uses a model that consumers are familiar with uh, and is very quick, fast, and easy. It uses a model that fuel producers are familiar with, centralized production with distribution, and it, and it uh, utilizes a model that infrastructure providers like ourselves are used to, where we put in an asset and we get a return on that asset through the distribution of fuel. There's no government regulation of our price like that you would have for electricity, right? These folks that buy electricity, they're buying a regulated price of power uh, and pay a distribution charge from the utility. We don't have any of that, right? We pay fuel taxes just like everybody else, but we know our cost of our, but we know the cost of our material, we know the cost of our infrastructure, and we know what we have to sell it to the customer for. Do you think that one of the biggest hurdles to overcome is going to be getting the oil industry on board with this? Because obviously that's, if anybody watches the documentary, what happened to the electric car, we know that that's what happened yeah. to the electric car in the initial one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. So, you know, <laughs> everything takes time to change. Like we're finally getting people to start looking at electric vehicles. So hydrogen will probably happen down the road. It's going to happen. You know, I think people are getting more open to alternative energy and alternative fueling for their vehicles and all these different things. Obviously, infrastructure is one of the biggest things right there. But sure. if, we, if we're if do you find that these industries are fighting this change or are they on board with the evolution because they know what has to happen? I think they're I think they're embracing the change. And, and I think you'll see that continue to evolve. I spent 15 years working for the oil companies early in my career. And let, let me share this with you. There is no way that they are going to see the motor transportation, the, the consumer motor fuel transportation market to the electric utilities. They are not going to let that happen. So they are going to produce a product, right, that meets the requirements of the distribution of fuel and to produce a product that they can produce centrally. So the key is going to be to get these companies to utilize their existing assets or new assets to produce renewable hydrogen and put that renewable hydrogen into the distribution networks and the retail networks that they have today to supply that fuel to their customers. They are going to step into this market. And what do you yeah, think I'm is for, sorry, for the auto industry to also start introducing the vehicles to the public? Because right now I think we have like one or two. And so as we start seeing these established hammer, we want people to know that these things can happen. We have to have the options to get them. Right. So it's also, yeah. it's gonna, it seems like you've got this huge fight, this huge challenge ahead of you to also get multiple industries on board with it. And how do you do that? Right. A lot of automakers are looking into our, you know, we already have several that are doing hydrogen cars. There are many more that are looking into hydrogen cars and developing them, plus some independent automakers. Um, so they are coming. It is happening. It, it's going to take infrastructure. That's what they're waiting for. Right. I mean, today you've got Toyota, you've got Hyundai and you've got Honda. They're all committed to the fuel cell, light duty fuel cell market. Right. And heavy, heavy duty is different. We can talk about that separately. Um, and now you've got BMW that's going to introduce a uh, fuel cell uh, X5 to the market next year. So you've got more automakers coming in. But if there were, you know, if there were three, four, five hundred hydrogen refueling stations in the state of California, you would definitely have more hydrogen fuel cell cars here in California. That's what it's going to take. It's there going to take actually, infrastructure to make it happen. There's a company, I believe it's a Welsh company called Riverstream that has a hydrogen car. It's the Joel, you'll love it. It is the most adorable car in the world. And I believe they are going to be coming to the US shortly. 
And um, so, they, I mean, they're coming. It is happening. I think it's just baby steps and growth and growing pains that are going to happen. Well, the electric car market has all the has all the buzz and momentum at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. There's over 100 models of electric cars available in the U.S., more coming on every day. The valuations of these electric car companies is unbelievably through the roof, right, before they even sell a car. Yeah. So just a tremendous <laughs> amount of capital being funneled into that industry. So you can understand the hype and the sales and the new models that are coming to market. That, that all makes sense. Hydrogen will have that same evolution, but it's going to take the same kind of signals from government that they gave to the electric car. Yeah. Right. The federal government is putting in charging stations across the country. State governments are putting in charging stations across the country. Uh, mayors and city council members can't get out of their own way to try to put charging stations in, in their jurisdiction somewhere or another to you know, add to their green credentials. When hydrogen yeah. gets to that point. Right. Then you'll you will see the same kind of uh, you'll see the same kind of uptake from the uh, OEMs. I'm sure of it. And how long do you think that's going to be because of the electric to get to the this place that we're now with just electric cars? It's been a long think, climb. Yeah, you know it has been. It's been so what? It's been when did Tesla introduce their first their first model? Right, the little two seater that was what 12, 15 years ago, oh, something yeah, like that. that. So cute. We also didn't have the urgency that we have nowadays, though. Well, they've produced. You know, I'll, I'll give it to Tesla. They produce a beautiful vehicle. That's a gorgeous car, right? Drives yeah. very well. Everybody I've that's talked to has no yep. complaints, right, with that car. They love it. Everybody I know has it, loves it. And I think that was uh, one of the biggest, sorry, I mean, I have to, but I actually think that was one of the biggest changes that pushed the electric, electric, electrification of vehicles right now was the Tesla because they made it sexy. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, they made a beautiful car. They, it turned into a status thing, which I'm not even going to get on that one. Um, but they made it, it really did become a sign of who you are. Like it was the Prius for a while. Mm -hmm. I had the Honda Civic Hybrid when it came out. Those were your status symbols for a while. Then it became this car, but it's at a, but it's at a, price tag most people can't attain. A lot of people can't attain. So that's the, you know, so that's the next hurdle is right. there's so many, you could, you have a big challenge ahead of you, my friend. Uh, no doubt, that is a no wonderful doubt, but I'm, I'm all in, I'm signed up for it. Let's, uh, you are all in, to, you, you've been, you've been, uh, you've been wa waving this flag for a while. And that's the first conversation you and I had was on, on hydrogen and the benefits of it. And for me, it's always long-term storage. I think that's the most important factor. And also the Mirai, I think, um, oh, they posted, it was, what was it, 800 miles that they did on, on one um, mm -hmm. charge? Mm -hmm. So under optimal conditions, of course. Sure. But that's good. I mean, if that is an amazing duration for one charge of hydrogen. Yep. We don't have that with electric right now. And it's, you know, there, as I mentioned early on, you know, electric just doesn't work for everybody. We've got a lot of people that, you know, we're not, and we're not just looking for folks that are looking for status symbols or are looking, you know, that really afford it. it. We need everybody to move to a zero emission transportation, right? Yeah. A lot of people that don't have access to garage parking. There are a lot of people that go to a different work site every day, right? They don't work in the same place every day. They move around or they travel long distances and they don't have time to stop and recharge or they park on the street. And if they're going to take their kids to school, they got to go to the grocery store in the morning and plug in their car for 30 minutes so they can take their kids to school. Hydrogen sure. becomes a much more convenient option for people like that, where they can just drive to the local retail gas station, fill up their <clears> car <throat> with a renewable hydrogen product, and then off, off they go, just like they do today. So it does it does present a lot of convenience options for folks that you know will not have those options with, with electric vehicle charging. So those are some of the things we need to, we need to think about and consider. Absolutely. I think there's room for everybody in this. I mean, I don't think it's one or the other. I think that you should be given as many options as, as you feel fit, no, especially right. in this industry, especially right. with going zero, zero emissions. 
And and what we're starting to see is is government policy is starting to realize the same thing. It's like, you know, we probably shouldn't put all of our eggs in one basket. We should spread this out a little bit. If we're really focused on zero carbon, zero emission transportation, hydrogen can help us get to that point. Let's let's start to support that market and see if we can achieve the same kinds of of innovation and pr product synergies and lowering of costs that we saw with wind and solar and EVs over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been extremely informative. So thank you so much. Um, pleasure. Anytime. You know, we, we've hit our 30 minutes. So um, I appreciate your time. I know you're crazy busy. I mean, you are running around quite a bit doing, you know, especially with Bonnie. Oh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is very informative. So please, everybody, just look into hydrogen. Give it a chance. If you don't like it, stick with electric. That's fine. There's room for everybody in this field. We're all heading in the same direction. So it's easier to go together than fighting each other internally. On that, I will say good after, good, good morning. I'm still a little sick, so I'm a little foggy. So thank you for that. Um, everyone have a wonderful day and we will see you next time. Thank you all. Nice meeting you all. Take care. Bye. Bye now.